Welcome to All Things Cardio-Oncology. I'm Steve Caselli. I'm the Executive Director at ICOS, the International Cardio-Oncology Society. And today we're here for a special edition of our podcast with two of our dear friends and global leaders in cardio-oncology, Dr. Trishan Singh, who's the President of ICOS of South Africa, and Dr. Sebastian Schmidt, who is the President of ICOS Poland. We are actually sitting here together in the Umzoluzolo Game Preserve, just a couple of hours outside of Durban, South Africa, where we just shared together in a historic event that was the first cardio-oncology congress in all of South Africa, but also on the entire continent of Africa. So I want to begin today by asking Dr. Singh to tell us just how this historic event came about. Thank you, Stephen. It is uh, an absolute pleasure to share this interview with you and uh, Sebastian Schmidt from Poland in one of the most exotic locations in South Africa, and what I would probably say one of the most exotic places in the world. My interest in cardio-oncology started about eight years ago when I attended an afternoon session at one of the European Society of Cardiology meetings in Barcelona, where an entire afternoon was uh, allocated to cardio-oncology. And uh, this really uh, interested me because I'd never heard of the concept. But having attended the afternoon session, I could not leave uh, the auditorium because it was such a fascinating feel that is pertinent to all of us as cardiologists and oncologists uh, practicing in the field of cancer care. So subsequently, I um, made sure that I attended uh, other conferences and the take-home message from that conference in Barcelona was that if cardiologists needed to take an interest in the field, they had to first uh, understand what the oncology drugs were all about, but that's not something we studied in cardiology. Uh, we did a little bit of uh, the, the, the subject when we were undergraduates, and uh, maybe to a small extent as postgraduates in internal medicine. So it meant a whole new training process of understanding oncology drugs, uh, understanding what oncologists did, understanding uh, the effects of the oncology drugs and radiation uh, affecting the cancer patient. And what surprised me at that time uh, was the fact that uh, the cancer patient was being cured uh, in this, uh, at this time in our medical history. They've been cured of their cancers because of the wonderful cancer drugs and radiation. But what they were dying of, uh, dying from, is cardiovascular disease. So it was very important that every cardiologist and every oncologist be familiar with the cardiovascular effects of cancer therapy. So I made it a point of uh, doing a lot of reading, uh, attending conferences, attending oncology uh, uh, seminars, attending journal clubs, and slowly beginning to understand the field. Of course, to try to get the message across to the oncologists was 
difficult. It is, is still difficult trying to convince oncologists that they, well, certainly in my country, that there is a cardiovascular problem uh, arising from uh, cancer treatment. So that's how it started. And as I progressed uh, in my interest in cardio-oncology, I did not see any representative from the African continent at any of the big international conferences that I attended, whether it was in Israel, Washington, London, uh, and so on. And I then decided that oncology is a, uh, cancer is a big problem in South Africa and certainly the African continent, as is cardiovascular disease. So with both these problems that we have, cardiovascular disease and cancer, it was absolutely mandatory that cardiologists and oncologists get to understand this field because we need to make sure that our cancer patient has the optimal outcome from their cancer treatment. No use them being cured of their cancer and, and in fact, uh, succumbing to a cardiovascular problem. So nobody else in South Africa, certainly, and nobody else in the African continent was taking an interest in the field. So I took it upon myself to start the society and form COSOSA, which is the Cardio-Oncology Society of Southern Africa. I had, fortunately, on my committee two very, very brilliant, committed individuals, Dr. Ines Buchimaza, who is a renowned academic surgeon attached to the, Medi uh, the Nelson Mandela Medical School. Uh, she's a breast surgeon involved with breast cancer surgery and endocrine surgery and also chairperson or president of the Durban Breast Cancer Forum. And I also had on the committee Dr. Ria David, also a very renowned medical oncologist, and in fact the only medical oncologist in our province of uh, KwaZulu-Natal that comprised 12, 12 million people. So that's how we started the society. We, uh, we, we registered it as a non-profit making organization. We had to get the, uh, the bank account open. And of course, the most important thing was to get the funding. So it was a slow process. We've succeeded and we, it's culminated in having or uh, hosting the first cardio-oncology meeting in Durban uh, on the, and in fact the first cardio-oncology meeting on the African continent on Saturday the 7th of uh, March 2020, which, was, uh, which is two days ago. And we were very, very fortunate to have uh, Professor Sebastian Schmidt uh, from Poland who uh, heads and leads the cardio-oncology program in Poland. And we were very fortunate, uh, Stephen, to have you here as the CEO representing ICOS. And we also were very fortunate uh, to have uh, two renowned international speakers who in fact both represent ICOS, which is the International Cardio-Oncology Society. That's uh, Professor uh, Daniel Lenihan from uh, Washington University, St. Louis, 
who did a um, presentation via satellite connection, and also Professor Eric Harrison from Tampa, Florida, who also serves as a senior executive on ICOS. And uh, so we had a very good representation from the International Fraternity of Cardio-Oncology and had some very good speakers uh, from South Africa. So that was the beginning culminating in our meeting on Saturday and it's just the beginning of many, many more meetings. And now, Dr. Schmidt, I want to ask you if you could just tell me a little bit about how you ended up at this conference and why this has been so important for you to be a part of it. Thank you, Steve, for this important question. I was, I was really surprised when I received the official invitation from the president of Cardio-Oncology Society of South Africa because it was a great pleasure to be included as a speaker during the first cardio-oncology conference in Africa, in a great continent, in a great beautiful country. So I was surprised and was very, very happy. And it was a proud to be a representative of ICOS, International Cardio-Oncology Society. And of course, uh, ICOS Poland chapter. Uh, during this Congress, I celebrate, celebrated the, my own anniversary of 14 years of working for Polish oncology and hematology. Uh, my experience is quite good and I feel that thanks to cardio-oncology we can improve the quality of life of cancer patients, especially with coexisting cardiovascular diseases, and we can prolong the overall survival. This is the great challenge for cardio-oncologists. Um, I feel the cardio-oncologist and I'm proud to cooperate in Poland with Polish Lymphoma Research Group and Polish National Oncology Network. We have the great society, great cardio-oncologists included in the management of cancer patients with different problems, cardiovascular problems during or after anti-cancer therapy. And during my lecture, I could show my own data regarding cardio-oncology effects of lymphoma treatment and renal cell carcinoma treatment. Uh, for example, I showed the data that arterial hypertension induced by anti-angiogenic drugs during treatment of renal cell carcinoma may be associated with better prognosis, better prognosis, longer, significantly longer progression-free survival and lower, significantly lower risk of overall mortality. This is very important uh, because we can show that 
thanks to cardio-oncology, we can't observe the bigger benefit. And the next important data regarding lymphoma patients, I showed that, of course, during uh, chemotherapy with anthracycline, with docrosorubicin, we can't observe many episodes of acute heart failure in lymphoma patients and, of course, premature cardiovascular diseases. But when we use the special uh, cardio protective strategy with liposomal doxorubicin with beta blockers and ice inhibitors we can't minimize the risk of cardiovascular mortality and acute heart failure development this is very important for daily practice too and this is a great event I was surprised when I saw the discussion during the cardio-oncology quiz. I was a chair of this quiz and I saw the enthusiasm of the members from Cardio-Oncology Society of South Africa and now I understand how many problems should be resolved and how many problems are not clear daily today uh, and it is important to find the new strategies and to treat our cardio-oncology patients, patients in better way, more efficient for better survival. That's my opinion and in my opinion Cardio-Oncology Society, International Cardio-Oncology Society, ICOS, is the best way to combine all cardio-oncology activity from the world, from all continents. Excellent. Thank you, Sebastian. So, Dr. Singh, I wonder if you could tell us why you think meetings like this are so important for the advance of cardio-oncology and the work of ICOS. Thank you, Stephen. Cardio-oncology is a universal problem. And in this global village of ours, uh, we need to collaborate, share our ideas, and uh, exchange our management strategies uh, universally under the auspices of a single unified body. And it is my opinion that ICOS, the International Cardio-Oncology Society, serves uh, the purpose as the single most important organization that can incorporate the entire world of cardio-oncology together. Uh, I say this with respect, of course we have many other smaller bodies all over the world, but it does not serve any purpose if it is not all inclusive, because in this work in progress, which is cardio-oncology, it's in its infancy at the moment, there are lots of, uh, uh, lots of guidelines and lots of, uh, uh, lots of concepts that have still not been quite uh, established and 
we we're all working on this and uh, we all need to understand it but as a universal group of cardio oncologists we need to all adopt guidelines that we can all follow together that we can all advise our other colleagues together so we need we need a single unified body that can do that if we're going to have smaller bodies that uh, that uh, are diversified uh, i feel that uh, it just adds to a problem of creating more problems uh, especially when we trying to uh, trying to establish guidelines not just uh, for breast cancer or prostate cancer and it's not just about the anthracyclines or herceptin today we know that in fact almost every set of oncology drugs including radiotherapy all have cardiovascular problems but the guidelines are not so clear cut for many of the of the uh, of the other cancer drugs other than the anthracyclines and herceptin and i must say even with with those sets of drugs we need clearer guidelines furthermore the concerning the very concerning aspect of care is the survivorship of uh, childhood cancers that is really worrying and it is of huge concern that here is a massive number of childhood cancer survivors who have overcome or been cured of their cancers in childhood very successfully from very successful cancer drugs and radiotherapy but are presenting in adulthood earlier than their non-cancer counterparts with cardiovascular problems namely cardiac failure and ischemic heart disease but here again how often do we have to follow these patients up uh, is it cost effective do we see them every 2 years after they've completed therapy do we see them every 5 years after they've completed therapy or how often should so we we need to we need to get clearer guidelines in a most cost effective way as to how we follow these childhood cancer survivors and similarly with the with with the adults we we need clearer guidelines and i must say that we we are very grateful to icos in in doing a great piece of work and one of those organizations internationally that's trying to be inclusive to incorporate almost every major cardio oncology society on every continent and you have steven uh together with uh, Dan Lenihan and with Eric Harrison are doing a great job in trying to achieve just that and we are very proud to serve under this banner uh, this organization uh and which we all need to develop and progress together thank you so much trishan Uh Dr. Singh one of the things that impressed me in being here was some of the unique challenges that you all face in um cardio oncology because of the resources or the limited resources that you have available. Can you talk a little bit about that? Thank you Steve. Yes, that is a massive problem. In South Africa we have a population in total of about 60 million people only 
9 to 10 million of the 60 million have some kind of health insurance. We have a problem with, with unemployment, which is massive. We have a problem with resources. We have a problem with government resources for healthcare. And all of these things pose a massive challenge with regard to managing the oncology patient and the cardiac patient. We have a big problem just managing either of those diseases. In other words, our cancer patients and our cardiovascular problems. And I say this because not, not only do we have limited resources with regard to the kind of tertiary care that is available for 60 million people, but we also have scarce resources with regard to the professional people involved in these, in these fields. As an example, we only have about 200 oncologists in all of South Africa. Uh, we have the majority of, of these professionals dealing with cancer are radiation oncologists. The medical oncologists comprise only 30. That's 30 for 60 million people. As I said, my, one of my uh, co-directors in the COSOSA Society, Dr. Ria David, is the only medical oncologist in the province of KwaZulu-Natal that comprised 12 million people. With regard to cardiologists, we also have both in the state sector, that's the government sector, and in the private sector, about 200 cardiologists. Of the 200 cardiologists dealing with 60 million people, only 85 to 90 are actually interventional cardiologists. So you can see the massive problem that we have. But in saying that, we all have a responsibility to also care for the cardio-oncology patient despite the challenges that we have with either disease, namely oncology patients and cardiac patients. Unfortunately, uh, we, uh, we, we don't have the luxury of uh, both the financial resources and the number of professionals. But on the other hand, we can't, we can't uh, lend a blind eye to the problem of cardiology that exists right now uh, regarding the uh, care of the cardiovascular problems of the cancer patient. Excellent. Thank you both so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you for the time here. And now Dr. Schmidt and Dr. Singh and I are, will get ready for our next uh, wild game drive. You recorded it? That's good. <laughs> if any of our listeners would like more information about ICOS, you can go to our website, IC dash os dot org and there you'll find a number of helpful resources.